Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Hello, everybody. Resume's already got me laughing. It means it's a good start to the day. Freestyle Friday coming at you. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. We will have uh, some free-flowing conversation, but we actually have quite a bit to get to today because we haven't heard from the man in quite some time. This is uh, your first appearance of the new year, am I correct? I oh, no, you were here last week. I was here last yeah, week. Of course, gosh, it all blurs together. Yeah, it's 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 um, that and you know the snowpocalypse that has happened elapses memory and takes away attention, and then all of a sudden we're caught in a time warp. But a lot has happened. That's right. Since then, so that's right. We've had a couple of national championships. Yeah, yeah. I guess know. that's why I was thinking it's the new year because like my year didn't actually end until. Uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, right? Because mm-hmm. it was like, well, it's still the carryover of 2023 because we have the 2023 national championships, even though it's the first week of 2024. So we'll talk about all that sort of stuff. We also have some comings and goings when it comes to the transfer portal. Well, one young man who's out, we've talked about it a little bit already, Clifton McDowell. See ya! One young man who's staying. We haven't talked about that much. We did talk about Junior Bergen Watch yesterday, but uh, he announced today that he is staying at Montana, as he has indicated. So... I'm a little bit tenuous on saying it's breaking news because the young man has got on the record three times in the last three weeks saying he had all intentions of staying at Montana, but he did post on his Instagram today. Let's run it back. So all indications are, again, that he is staying here at the University of Montana. And then uh, got a little muddled over there at South Dakota State. Everybody is wondering where Mark Gronowski's going. The Naperville, Illinois paper printed an article saying that 
he had intentions on coming back to South Dakota State. That then became national news because he's the Walter Payton Award winner. He's the top offensive player in the FCS. He's 36-1 and as South Dakota State's starting quarterback. But then he said, well, I haven't really made my decision yet. And then Jackrabbits Illustrated, which is a, a fan website there at South Dakota State, they actually talked directly to Gronowski and said he has not made his decision yet. So uh, he remains up in the air. So we'll talk some transfer portal stuff. NFL playoffs start this weekend as well. We also got some high school hoops to update you on. I was at the Grizz basketball game last night, first Big Sky game in Missoula in uh, quite some time, since February 24th of last year. This is the first Big Sky game since then. So the Grizz finally got their home opener under their belt some 16 games into this season. When it comes to the Big Sky Conference, that is. They've had home games, but no league home games. And uh, it was a great back-and-forth game. The Grizz were... They seem to have what would have been, I thought, a good win in hand over Northern Colorado, and then they let it all slip away. They gave up 30 points in the last three minutes of regulation and overtime, and Northern Colorado, they surge to a 98-92 win over Montana. So a good win by UNC, bad loss by Montana. We'll hear from uh, Travis DeCure, the head coach of the Grizz basketball team. Plus, we'll hear from St. Thomas. I think this young man is going to be one of the impact players in the league this year. He's new to Northern Colorado, transferred from Loyola, Chicago, he went all the way off last night. 37 points, 14 rebounds. He carried the Bears down the stretch. So we'll talk about uh, some Grizz hoops. Also, the Patriots have a new head coach, Gerard Mayo, 37 years old. Crazy. Uh, no, I would that 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 blew my mind. I I was like when I first saw the news brief, I was like, has he even retired from the NFL yet? He has been coaching for yes. a couple years, but yes. but uh, I mean, he is a recent player. Like he was an impact player as as recently as like two or three years ago. Yeah, it's crazy to see guys like him, Aaron Glenn coaching, like guys that I grew up watching. That I think technically I'm older than, right. or like are right. they older than me? I, right. I just don't get it. But um, I think that's a great um, a, a great hire. Um, not so much in the X's and O's, but player relatability, I think, has, has been a conversation on many um, um, GMs and team owners' minds. Like, how are our coaches relating to our players to maximize their potential and get it out of them? Here's a guy who played at a really high level who's, like like you said, I think, what, he clear waivers four weeks ago? Right. Like, and here he is uh, uh, being a head coach, and I think that that just it adds that kind of juice and in, uh, 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 an infusion of energy and looking at the game from a certain perspective that the, 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 the younger players now would, I think, get behind and respect. The coaching carousel continues to churn as well. Yes, sir. Uh, a new Kalen DeBoer from University of Washington, the new head coach at Alabama. Money talks, but also so's program prestige. Washington's been great lately. Alabama's Alabama, so pretty hard to say no to that, but we'll see. I mean, talk about a rapid rise. This guy was coaching at Sioux Falls, an NAIA school in South Dakota, 14 years ago, now he's the head coach to Alabama. There's a totally new path compared to what some of these other guys have done to sort of climb up through the ranks. So, uh, Kalen DeBoer certainly has a fascinating path. They also got new coordinators both sides of the ball now at Montana State. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Brent Vegan cut ties with Willie Matt Garza, decided to not renew his contract, promoted it internally. Bobby Daly, the new defensive coordinator. Sean Howe, his co-defensive coordinator. Now, on the offensive side, Taylor Housewright. Much maligned, uh, but also uh, much praised offensive coordinator there for the Bobcats. He moving on to Akron, so he's going up to the FBS ranks, going back to his home state of Ohio. And uh, they t- decided to promote internally again. Tyler Walker, the tight end slash fullbacks coach there for the Bobcats, takes over that position. So we'll talk all about the, the coaching movement. We'll also hear from Carol in the Chicken Doesn't Know Sports here in hour number two. And 
We'll go through all the various playoff games, six of them upcoming this weekend. He, so here's the thing. I know people, it's, it's Nuanas Now, that's your show outlook. Uh, Rajim Seabrook kicking it with me, Colter Nuanas here uh, on your radio dial. <laughs> First of all, I always say this on the show, and I know people think I'm just a crazy person and a masochist, and I, I, I am, I'm probably both. But Agreed. <laughs> but... I love when the weather gets like this. Me I love I love with I love the extremes. I think the extremes in life are what makes life interesting. Gives you something to talk about, gives you something to plan for, gives you something to endure. It also gives you an excuse to slow down. Man, we have these crazy lives and it's like I'm I'm very excited to go home and cook some soup and read some books and watch the NFL and not do nothing. <laughs> and, and and it feels like you have more of an excuse to do that when it's negative 10 degrees. Slow down and enjoy life for a change, right? right? We are also micromanaged, whether it's work or kids or sports or extracurriculars, your third and fourth job, your seasonal, whatever it is that you do or you don't do, like, enjoy it. Plus, what I like about this is I love hearing the conversations in the grocery store and the post oh, yeah. office oh, yeah. about people moaning and groaning. It's so cold. It's like you live in the Rocky Mountains. What did you expect? <laughs> you moved to Montana. Like, you moved to Montana. Like, <laughs> what did you expect? Like, give me a break. I also love it because these are the same people who complain six months later. Oh, That's it's right. so That's hot. Right. That's it's right. the same conversation, just in a different sector and vector. <laughs> so I just love the polarization of conversation. Uh, but I'm actually glad because the snowflakes now fend off the ash flakes later. That's so let's exact, go. That's exactly right. Rajib Seabrook's going to be kicking with us all show long here on Nuwana's Now. You want to stream it? 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live. You'll find the stream. You can also catch us on the ESPN MT app or on SWX Montana Television. And if you want to be a part of the show, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. we got some free stuff for you. Lost Trail Epic Mondays are back, so keep those texts coming in. we got some lift tickets for you. We'll be giving them away all throughout the rest of the month leading into next month. So if you want uh, tickets to uh, Lost Trail for Epic Mondays, Text us right now, 406-888-1029. Last Trail, go for the snow. You can visit LostTrail.com for any and all weather reports and uh, to find out all their great deals, including uh, their Epic Monday deal. Our Florence Coffee Company Friday, we already drank our drinks and uh, also had some amino energies. So whenever I give uh, Rajim the, uh, the the black cherry aminos, we know it's going to be a good show because uh, we'll take you to the moon and back. My eyelids are clicking. <laughs> I can already feel them clicking. It's it's uh, quite the elixir, my man. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so a couple things here off the top. One, what'd you think? I mean, we, we broke it all the way down. We did... 90 minutes last week on all the various matchups in the FCS National Championship game that we thought were going to be impactful. And I thought that pretty much everything we identified played out in some form or fashion, whether it was sort of the the bipolar crowd, you know, having big fan bases for both sides. I thought mm-hmm. both fan bases looked good on TV. I looked thought, great on television. You know, I mean, the the arena, uh, the the stadium was sold out, and it absolutely looked, it looked awesome. And both sides were loud. Some most would reckon the Grizz were a little bit louder, even though there's more South Dakota State people there. But still, it was cool. Oh yeah, seeing both sides kind of have oh, yeah. a, have a roar. Uh, I thought the coaching matchup in terms of the preparation. I thought both teams were pretty well prepared for each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, then it, when it came down to producing opportunity, manifesting mistakes <clears throat> on the South Dakota State side, Montana did that. Then they didn't capitalize on those mistakes. Agreed. And then in the third quarter, South Dakota State 
made a couple big plays and then pulled away from Montana. And that was sort of the tail of the tape. That was sort of the deciding factor in the game. This was pretty much an even game across the board. Quarters one, two, and four. But the third quarter, South Dakota State dominated that third quarter, and that's why they were able to escape with a twenty-three to three victory over Montana. Yeah, I, I first and foremost, it, it was it was a great game for for I would you know like you said, three quarters were just great. The the defense uh, displayed and exhibited by the Grizz was off the charts. Like talk about a defense keeping your offense in the game. Um, that was that was just it was ridiculous for it to be so low scoring, especially with how explosive and NFL ready so many of the players are on that San, uh, uh, South Dakota team. Um, with that being said, uh, I think that there were some just some questionable moves on certain plays. Um, the goal line play in particular, I've, I don't understand why you would run sweep on, on, on a play when you have a 6'4", 220-pound uh, quarterback or this ridiculous Clydesdale named Nick Osmo in your, in your stable. Totally. Like, you know, and, 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 it, and would contrastly, South Dakota State has the best sideline to sideline linebacker in the country in Adam Bach. Yeah, there's just, there's just there were some questionable calls. The physicality is there. The players were there. But sometimes it does come down to coaching uh, admits the execution and not putting uh, the guys in position. Also, you know, when when you're watching a guy um, like Clifton McDowell play, I don't want to say hurt, but definitely discomforted on, on the leg after he Bang got hel- you know, yeah. helicoptered down there on the goal line. Um you you have this Ayat kid. There was this X factor that you could have put in. Um, I understand there's some unknowns with a guy like that, but your unknowns, that's a double unknown for your opponent. Right. They know even less. So the ability to kind of play the chess game within just wasn't on display for me, especially considering the stakes. Like, this is this national championship. Like, there was just... Um, Certain things that I, I just wish would have come into fruition for the Grizz to been uh, put themselves in a better position to 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 go into half at seventeen seven. If you get the touchdown instead of, on the fourth down, yes, that's a boon for Montana. Absolutely, on, on their very first offensive possession. If you don't have to settle for a field goal, at, they they got the the fumble on the punt. It recovered the fumble on on the the punt going off the back of the South Dakota State player. They only turned that into three points. If you can get seven there, now you're probably in it a little bit more as well. But all that said, at the end of the day, South Dakota State made the plays they needed to make, and I thought that was the most striking part. When they pulled away, it was truly not out-scheming them. It wasn't mistakes on the Grizz part. It was straight up South Dakota State's premier players, the Yankee Twins, the big big tight end, Zach Kynes, and and Isaiah Davis, the NFL-bound running back. Those guys, Montana's best tackling team in the country besides South Dakota State. South Dakota State broke a bunch of Montana's tackles. Several times. Made a bunch of plays. Yep. Pulled away from them. That, and that's the tale of the tape. It's as simple as that. Yes, so, sir. Uh, when it comes to I mean, sort of the uh, the the omnipresent, oh, the, like Andrew says, they got the field goal actually after the interception. They got zero points out of the 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 punt fumble. So right. you forced two turnovers in the first half, and you have an opportunity down on the goal line. That, that's three possessions that you leave with three total points. That's right. That's that's what leaves you sort of behind the eight ball. But the the question coming out of this thing now that it's been a, a week or so to let the dust settle is what actually was the gap? Like where where does Montana need to make hey this off season to pull even with South Dakota State? They've been so dominant. What did you think? Let's start at the top. Quarterback. I agree. Quarterback. Like I am so looking forward to what uh, Mr. Ayat or whoever is going to 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 man that helm um, comes into comes into uh, comes into play. I think that uh, 
we we need a quarterback that's ready to lead this team um, and lead this team for the sake of leading a team and not leading a team so that you look good in the spotlight. Like, I'm going on record. I'm glad Clifton McDowell's gone. Bye. I Bye. I went on record months ago. So did I, brother. On the Big Sky Breakdown podcast and on the Grizz Fan podcast. And I believe I even said it on the show because people were asking me, well, who do you think the best? This is where uh, speculation gets so funny. But people were asking me before the season was even over, who are the biggest candidates to transfer from the Grizz? And I said I thought the number one candidate to transfer out of Montana was Clifton McDowell. Absolutely. I, th- I thought Clifton McDowell would be on the move no matter what happened in this season, whether it was a 6-5 and five year or a loss to the rival or uh, a playoff sputter or a playoff run or a national championship. I just thought he was going to be a one-and-done player in Montana. He asked me, why do I think that? Twofold. One, read the four chapters in the book before this one. <laughs> That's right. One, the history. He's, yes. he's already transferred three times. This is his fourth transfer. And and two, I'm, I'm just a, I'm a big body language guy. I know there was a lot made, and, and even I played it up a little bit as well to uh, sort of the, the steady, unbothered demeanor of Clifton McDowell. I do think that was an advantage in certain ways for this Grizz team, just given the makeup of the rest of the roster. But you could also tell there was like a disengagement there. And I, and I actually think that Montana, I think that they won because of Clifton McDowell down the stretch in the regular season. I thought they won in spite of Clifton McDowell during the playoffs. I thought he did not play well against Furman. I thought he did not play well against North Coast State. I thought he did not play that well in the national championship. I'm going to hit D, uh, all of the above. It's SAT Friday prep right now. I agree with everything you said. And I, like you, in this studio and on air, publicly and privately said months ago, this, this guy's out of here. This, this guy's done. Um, I also think that his nonverbals hurt this team. Like, there are certain positions in sports where you are galvanized and you need to be a leader whether you want to be or not. Uh, you got pitchers, you got quarterbacks, you got presidents. Like, you have to be a leader. When he was trucking five, nine, 180 pound cornerbacks after he's pulling, you know, quarterback power runs, he's on the sidelines, elbows up. I'm the man swinging a hammer like no one's business. But when you're stymied and you actually have to play the game and you have to think about things and be methodical and meticulous and not just rely on your God given natural genetic gifts and you want to sit there and pout and look petulant like a child, come on. Come on, man. You can't be the prince and then want to be the pauper, right? You can't have cheese without the burger. You can't have Kool-Aid without the sugar. Put it together, lead a team, and lead by example and be more even-keeled and be less polarizing. Next question, next what a segment. I'm over this cat. We'll go back to this because there's certainly more to get to here. Stoaz Dow, ESPN Radio, SWX by Ted Television, and the ESPN MT app. Last night was a Big Sky Conference basketball night, the reopening of Big Sky Conference play for the first time in the new year. Everybody opened Big Sky play the weekend leading up to New Year's Eve and uh, New Year's Day. But then they had the Summit League Big Sky Challenge last week, so now they're back into conference play. Your scores, including the Montana schools, Northern Colorado men came to Missoula, 198-92 in overtime. St. Thomas, who we'll hear from in just a little while, 37 points, 14 rebounds. He is absolutely one of the new stars in the Big Sky Conference, a new addition, a transfer from Loyola, Chicago. In Bozeman, Montana State's men built a nine-point lead at halftime, and then they absolutely routed NAU in the second half. They won the second half, 42-22, and they surged to a 79-50 win over the Lumberjacks. Lumberjacks... Uh, had a great stretch run last year. They returned some guys this year, but they are all sorts of banged up. They have a couple of their best players out. Carson Tout, who's one of the best bigs in the league, uh, he's out right now. Um, so, any of you coming to Missoula on Saturday, 
two teams coming off losses, so it's going to be a big one on a Saturday evening here at uh, Dahlberg Arena. On the women's side, Lady Griswold hottest teams in the whole Western United States, the hottest team in the Big Sky Conference. They'd won 10 out of 11 headed into last night, including their last seven. It was their first seven-game winning streak since Robin Silver retired and it came crashing down pretty quick. They played great in the first half. They're up 15 points in the first half, and then they did nothing in the second half. And Northern Colorado rallies back for a 67-57 win. And then down at Flagstaff, uh, up and down we go. But the NAU women, after they gave up 99 and 100 plus last week in the Summit League Challenge, they score 88 themselves, and they run Montana State's women into the dirt, 88-73. The MSU women really shorthanded. No KJ Lamardo, no Mara Dykstra. Uh, and uh, no Lindsey Hines. So uh, certainly three impactful players. I mean, two starters and, and three in your probably top seven or eight not in for Montana State last week. So you know, Bobcat's got to get healthy. Trisha Bedford keeps telling, keeps talking about how she likes the strides that some of her young and less experienced players are making. More of those young, less experienced players are playing right now because even some of the uh, the few veterans that MSU's women do have uh, have been on the shelf. We'll come back to some hoops here in about 15 minutes. Hear from Travis DeKir and St. Thomas. On the staying side of things, Junior Bergen is here in Missoula. And as I said, it's not particularly news because the young man said so. He said so on the radio in Billings. He said so uh, at the press conferences leading up to the national championship game. But the reason it was sort of something people were watching is there was this extended window for young men that played in the national championship game. And I believe that window closes tomorrow for them to decide if they're going to transfer or not. Cause the, the windows closed for everybody else. It's just the guys that play in the natty that have this extended window. So Bergen posted on his Instagram today, let's run it back, which I believe is indicative of the fact that he stayed. Yes, sir. Now there was a, I don't want to, you know, talk about, specifically all the rumors that were going around Missoula, because I think that just pours fuel on the fire of the rumor mill. There was a lot of rumors about Junior Bergen going to a lot of different places for a whole bunch of money. I can tell you this from what I've been able to report and know, Bergen's uh, ultimate decision did come down to Montana and a couple FBS offers. He did have one certain Power 5 offer, and his decision to stay in Missoula centered upon not money, although there is NIL money involved in this deal, but his decision to stay in Missoula centered upon opportunity. The biggest of the offers he was getting were to be in a punt returner and, and maybe be able to fight for some time at wide receiver, but not necessarily to be guaranteed any of that time. And I think he has the perspective to understand that staying in Missoula is an opportunity for him across the board to continue to solidify his Grizz legacy to be a focal point, if not the focal point of the Grizz offense one last time as a senior next year, to accentuate his reputation as already the greatest punt returner in the history of Grizz football, and to keep on accentuating his reputation. I mean, he's the biggest star in Montana right now, and I think the young man understood that. And uh, I'm, I'm happy beyond if it's, there's money involved or the collective raises him a bunch of money to keep him here. There's all these different things that go into that. He made the decision himself, and I'm proud of him for doing it because I think it's awesome that he's sticking in Missoula because I think in the short and long term, it's the best thing for his future. First of all, I, you know, can I call you Monsignor, the deacon? Preach, baby, <laughs> preach. That's what I like to hear, my man. What I like about it is there's a, a saying my father used to say, death before dishonor, right? And I like what Junior Bergen is doing. He is honoring the situation. He's honoring the system. He's honoring the program. And he's saying, I'm ready to run it back. Like, that's that was my mentality when I used to play a lot of street ball. It was like, win, lose, or draw, run it back. 
Right. Like I, I, I'm glad I won, and I want to continue to show you why I can win. And if I lost, I, I, I got to get that taste out my mouth with the dudes that are around me, and I respect that. What I also like is it mirrors and parallels what we just went up against that buzzsaw known as uh, South Dakota State. Right. If you look at those guys, those guys could have gone to Big Ten schools. They could no have doubt. gone to Pac-10 schools. And, and their head coach coming out of last year's national championship, he retired. And so they had all the reason in the world that you could justify right. leaving. And they did it. They came back. And they came back. And that's how you do it. You bump and you grind. You hustle and you flow. And I love the fact that Junior Bergen is is creating and writing his own page, but is also taking a page out of what just took the championship away from you. Consistency, honoring the program, and staying, and staying around for another year to say, hey, I got here with these dudes. I can get back here with these dudes. And I love what he's doing. And then, you know, you know the punt return and all that stuff's nice too. But... The honor to the program also might bring another future Junior Bergen to the program here because kids see that. No doubt. There's there's one kid out here to be like, I want to be like that, and that guy stayed. So Junior Bergen did himself a favor, but he did the program a favor as well. I say this all the time, but we will, no matter what you're talking about, no matter what element of life you're talking about, if, and I understand that money has become a part of every element of life, that's fine. I understand it's sort of a necessary, and some would say a necessary evil. Mm-hmm. But if we make money the number one and or sole priority in all of the decision-making that we have in this world we live in, yes, sir. we will regret it. We will regret it, man. There's more to life than that. And I understand we've already we've already done this to college sports. Money rules the day in college sports across the board. Wu-Tang says it's best, baby. Cash rules everything around me. But this is supposed to be about so much more than that. It's supposed to be about a coming-of-age ceremony for young men. It's supposed to be about the development of humans. It's supposed to be about fun. It's supposed to be about doing something that's bigger than yourself, for something, something, and somebody that's more than you, that's grander than yourself. And and I hope and uh, I think that's this is an accentuation of that. So love uh, it. Now I agree. Thank no, you, young Bergen. No one is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Uh, we mentioned the the coordinator moves at Montana State. I really don't know what I think of these yet. Well, I do know what I think of the defensive coordinator move. I think Bobby Daly's absolutely ready. I think, I mean, Bobby Daly's a guy I've known for a really long time. Uh, came up with him, good friend of mine, and he's he's going to do a great job as the defensive coordinator there at MSU. I think Sean Howes, the co-DC, I think that's really good as well. Uh, he's a great defensive line coach. I think those two will work well in tandem. And I think that uh, in terms of what Montana State staff was last year, I thought, uh, maybe the coordination of the defense was one of the one of the weaknesses. So I think that maybe you have a chance to have an instant upgrade there with Bobby Daly being elevated there at defensive coordinator. On the offensive side, I have no idea what to make of this move because Taylor Housewright is a very, very polarizing character. Mm. He is a young, brash coach who I think is very relatable. He's very cocky. He is uh, a take-no-prisoners guy that's not scared to, I mean, like the 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 tight end to tight end pass that the Bobcats scored on in the Cat Grizz game two years ago in Bozeman, he saw that on Thursday night football. He saw Derrick Henry throw it to whoever the Titans tight end was, and they drew that exact play up, except for with one of the tight ends under center. And he wasn't scared to put it in the game plan on Friday night and run it on a Saturday. That's what I'm talking about when it's sort of a swashbuckling type attitude. Cats have led the league in rushing for three years in a row. They led the league in scoring for three years in a row. They're one of the top scoring teams in the country each of the last two years. So the production has been outstanding. Mm-hmm. On the other side of it, House Wright 
got himself in massive trouble last spring. I mean, aggravated DUI wreck. I mean, this is these are all still alleged crimes because they have not been. He's not been truly convicted in the court of law. And you are innocent until proven guilty. But you wreck a. Co- I mean, you're charged with wrecking a company car while driving intoxicated. And you get an aggravated DUI. It's it's going to be a black eye on the the program regardless. Absolutely. And especially because it hasn't been, this thing hasn't been settled in eight months, so they've had to hear about it over and over and over. Even if you get acquitted, you already you already stained uh, a, a lot of, uh, you know, just sort of the prestige of the program. So he's that's why I say he's been much maligned. Okay, so he moving on. I do think, and the other part is that, you know, he's uh, he's a really aggressive coach on the sidelines. If you watch him, I think the brass swashbuckling stuff is great when things are rolling. Uh, when things are going bad, like they were in Missoula against the Grizz this year, I mean, he was ripping Tommy Malat to shreds on the sidelines. And I don't know if that's a t- the way. I mean, I think every you know this. You're a coach. You coach for years and years and years. Coach kids need to be coached differently. I don't know if Tommy Malat responds that well. To I think Tommy Malat is is a genius. I, I think he has to have it explained to him articulately. I don't think that hey go go try harder and you know. Bleep, 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 bleep. I don't think that works for the young man. So that's what I'm saying is I don't know where we're at here because House has been so good, but also there's certain parts where maybe moving on is the best situation for Montana State. Here's the thing with guys like that. There's a high risk, high reward for when you when you want to take gutsy moves and you wanna you wanna like as you said, Coulter, be a swashbuckler and 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 roll the dice like Brett Favre used to. But then there's a high risk factor. Um, you know, you put yourself in positions now that you're trailing. You may alienate yourself away from either other coaches or the players themselves. And I think that that type of bipolarity on a football team is not healthy. I also think that there is a different type of player right now. For sure. Like, I don't understand, you know, and it's one of the nuances as a football coach, especially with my age being half a century old, that I'm trying to detoxify myself with. If I tell you to go outside and take apart your car and put it together at the same time, what are you going to say to me? Show me how. Show me how. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's the same thing. How are you tearing down a young man and building right, him up right, at the right, same right, time? Right, right. right? You, can't, you can't build something down and tear it asunder yeah. and then build it up simultaneously. Yeah. Like, you can't do it. You, like, logically speaking, you just can't do it. So when I see that type of interaction on the sideline, there's no way a human can bounce back from that type of, like, verbal berating <laughs> in a really important game. Like you, and so I just I have to question aspects of that type of, of philosophy um, from from vessels such as the one that we're discussing. So regardless, I think that the accomplishments, the resume, is what gets Taylor House right a shot at Akron, which is uh, an FBS program, and uh, they decided to hire internally very swiftly as well. Brett Vegan uh, hires Tyler Walker, who's been the tight ends and fullbacks coach there at MSU the last couple of years. That's completely TBD. The guy's been a coach for a variety of positions at a variety of schools. He's coordinated before, but mostly on the defensive side of the ball mm-hmm. and mostly at the non-Division one level. So he's got play calling experience. We've had him on the show twice. He's uh, a well-spoken guy. He's got a ton of one-liners. Yeah. He's funny, yeah. but I don't, I don't, I don't know how he's going to be as an offensive uh, Time play, will tell. play killer. No, it's Dow ESPN Radio. We have uh, the Class AA basketball tournament coming to Missoula for the first time since 2003. So we're going to introduce a new segment here probably next week, a little Class AA spotlight highlighting some of the best players and coaches and storylines and all that to get you more educated 
as the, the Class AA boys and girls basketball tournaments return to Missoula at the Adams Center as well as at uh, other venues around the Garden City. But just a couple notes from AA Hoops real quick. We don't have much time to hash any of this stuff out. But Kellen Harrison, who's the reigning Montana Gatorade Player of the Year in football, he's a heck of a basketball player as well. He goes off for 34 points last night to lead Bozeman High School to an overtime victory over crosstown rival Bozeman Gallatin. So that was certainly a highlight. Easton Sant who went from sort of this precocious but potential-filled freshman to a great player as a sophomore. He looks like an alpha dog now as a junior there from Missoula Hellgate. He had a huge night last night, 24 points, 8 steals, 7 rebounds, and 6 assists. And Hellgate, the number 2 team in the state, the defending state champs, they take down Helena Capital, 68-63. And then Helena High is a team I expected to be really good this coming into this year. Well, they've had a ton of injuries, including to Tevin Wetzel, who got hurt during football. He's one of the best basketball players in the state as well. Well, he's back now. He, he came back, I think, last week, but he had his first big game last night. So Jackson Lieberg, who's one of the top football prospects in the state, he had 24 points last night for Helena High, and Wetzel had 19 points, and the Bengals, they beat Missoula Sentinel 63-48. Bengals, just their second win, but they're a team that's coming. When they get more healthy, uh, they should be pretty good. So we're certainly excited about our upcoming Class AA coverage. We have some exciting stuff in the works uh, that we hope to roll out here pretty soon, and we'll announce that as soon as we possibly can. But uh, it's going to be a cool cool event for Missoula to host the uh, Class AA tournament here uh, for both boys and girls basketball in March, March 7th through the 9th, to be specific, here uh, in the Garden City. Speaking of the Garden City, we've got our Garden City Spotlight coming up next. We're going to talk Grizz Hoops in our Garden City Spotlight. Travis Takir, St. Thomas of Northern Colorado, each join us next. Keep it right here. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. Montana Television. Nuwana is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. That baseline is like, you know, Lay Low by Snoop Dogg. Mm-hmm. Kind of similar. That's what I thought when I was listening to it through the glass. But Dude, I was like, oh, it's a different song. Like. Actually, it's, it's um, you know how you can take you can take sounds of an instrument and contort them just a little bit mm-hmm. or speed them mm-hmm. up, slow them down. It's actually the bass line from Eye on the Sparrow, sung by Sammy Davis Jr. That's, that's where it's actually from. So that's why kids out there or people our age, you know, children of all backgrounds, don't throw away the vinyl. Go and listen to something. Like, there are beats upon beats upon beats out there. And, again, that's why I love hip-hop music. It pays homage to the generations before it. Like, go check out some of the music that these guys sample. It's amazing. And it's stuff that's sitting in your grandfather's uh, garage right now. History lessons with the professor, Rajiv Seabrook. Let's go, here. baby. Uh, on to us now. Time now for a Garden City Spotlight. Oh, Grizz Hoop style. Garden City Spotlight. Probably presented by Missoula Electric Co-op for 87 years. MEC has proudly served power to thousands of loyal members across western Montana and Idaho. Montana, they were looked like they were in line for a great victory. Northern Colorado has a completely new look. Dalton Connect, their best player from a year ago, he's now playing in the uh, SEC. He's at Tennessee, and he looks like he's going to be a first-round draft pick there for the Volunteers. Bodie Hume was a stalwart there at Northern Colorado, played there for several – I mean, he played there forever – and uh, he graduated last year. Matt Johnson, another stalwart, he graduated last year. And Northern Colorado, even though they had those sort of headlining players, they weren't any good last year. They went 6-12 and 12 in league play. <laughs> well, their whole roster is completely revamped. It was sort of uh, alarming to try to 
see who's who during the first half last night. But then once you figure it out, you're like, well, they made some pretty good additions, including St. Thomas, who I haven't seen all the Big Sky teams extensively yet. But for my money, you have to say he's one of the best additions in the league, if not the best addition in the league. And he looked like the MVP of the league last night. 37 points, 14 rebounds. With his team down 78-68 with about four minutes to go in the game, at the under four media timeout, 356, Grizz were up 10. From that moment, St. Thomas scored 18 points and Northern Colorado scored 30 points. And they come all the way back and they post a 98-92 overtime victory over Montana. We'll start out by hearing from Travis DeCure. This is myself, Andrew Houghton, Kyle Hansen, and Frank Gagola. Uh, it's about five minutes from Montana's men's basketball coach. Uh, certainly frustrated if you give up 98 points at home and lose. I, that's uh, that's cause for frustration. So understand why Coach DeCure is frustrated. Here's Travis DeCure uh, following his team's loss last night to Northern Colorado. Just take us down the, the stretch right up 10, but then they came stormer back. Anything change, or what, what do you think went down in the last four minutes of regulation? We turned the ball over. Three turnovers in that in that four-minute stretch turned into hand ones. Um, they weren't really making threes, but they got three-point plays in those transitions and those extra possessions. If we just get a shot every possession in the last four minutes, we win the game. Um, so you, 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 you can't turn it over down stretch. Um, you can't give up 51% from the floor and then turn it over 14 times. That's a 28-point turnaround. So if we just keep our turnovers under 10, we win by double figures. But St. Thomas kind of dominated down the stretch, too. I mean, what? Why is he such a hard guard? No, he dominated the whole game. Yeah. 37 and 14, so um, that's what he does. I mean, at 6-7, they can put it on the floor. He's going to shoot over the top of guys that are mobile. Bigs that are guarding him aren't used to guarding guys like that, and so he still kind of gets shots off. Uh, now, we, we had a stretch where we made a miss, and we that's what we built our lead. Uh, we just unfortunately gave it right back. He gave a little bit of props to Jackson Knapp. I thought Knapp played well t- tonight. So what do you think of the minutes he gave, especially second half? Well, he's more mobile um, than our bigs. And at 6'7", uh, he still carried enough weight with the bumps. He didn't just get back down all the way to the rim. So he was a good matchup. And he hadn't seen him in the first half. So I think it took him a while to, to adjust to that. Um, like I said, I, I, you know, we, we did what we needed to do to win the game up to the four minute. Felt like the uh, aggressiveness offensively was good, was good, especially that first half from uh, Deshaun and Brandon. Did you like you guys have seen offensively? Yeah, and they've been good offensively for a while now. Um, I just don't like where we're at defensively. Right now. Caught up in their pace at all? I mean, they're going back. And- no, I didn't have to do with that. It, it, we just turned the ball over. Like, a lot of those were late clock, the ball in the paint. Um, and, and they weren't really playing fast. They only played fast when they turned the ball over. Other than that, they walked it down and held on to it and played slow. So it wasn't a pace issue. It was just we, just, we made some bad decisions with the ball down. Elaborate on the defensive side. What do you want to see change there for this game? We need to be more physical. We need to hold our ground better. Uh, we just we can't get back down from 17 feet. Josh Vasquez tonight breaking the record for games played in a career. Uh, also had a, a good game shooting the ball. What can you say just about a guy who's been in the program for that long? Um, you know, I, I've got a lot of respect for Josh Vasquez as much as I've had for any player I've coached because of his commitment to the program, his loyalty to the program, uh, his willingness to sacrifice 
uh, to be a part of something that, that potentially could be special, regardless to what he gets out of it. That's hard to find these days, and um, he's going to be successful later in life because he's built like that. What have you thought about his, his growth over the years? I mean, you've been here watching him for all these years. What have you thought about just the steps he's taken as a player? He's been incredible. He continues to grow in a lot of areas. I think he's gotten better defensively. Um, he's bounced back and forth from playing the two to playing the point. Um, his versatility is incredible. Um, he's always had a strong mind for the game. So, you know, I think the, the biggest growth for him is just his physicality. He's gotten more physical. I felt like Jackson was doing a really nice job defensively, too, down the stretch, like using that frame, like you mentioned. Just Is that where you maybe see him, like, thriving in the future, seeing more minutes? It's matchups. That guy, it's a bigger, not as quick guy. So that was a good matchup for Jackson. It's all matchups. And, you know, everybody's going to be different in different times in terms of what they can bring. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Remember last year was kind of a similar thing. Was kind of losses on Thursdays, you know, turnaround on Saturdays. No, we're not doing that. We got to find a way to win on Thursday. This this is a different team. It's a different situation. It's just we lost a tough game. Now we played Weber, who's a, a top 100 net team at Weber. That was a buzzsaw coming off of Christmas. That happens. Tonight, we played well enough to win. We just gave the game up, and we got to be more consistent. So it's not about a Thursday thing. It's just It just happened. Scoring a lot more points this season than in the past. How do you balance that with still getting the defensive effort you I want? I have as many defensive players on the floor as I usually have. And, and so when you have a lot of offensive-minded guys, you're going to score, but, but, but getting them to buckle down and use the center amount of energy on the defensive side of the ball is very difficult because it's hard to score a lot of points and play defense. Um, typically, when you see guys scoring the way that you're seeing, they're typically not good on the other side, and we got to find a way to balance it. I'd rather get less offensive production and better defense. We'll win more games if we do that. Is that not something you guys have dealt with this year of having a lead late and letting it slip away? No, this is the first game that's been decided by, what, eight or fewer points? Yeah, that's right. So first all games year. have been, whoever had to lead, one. Turning the page to Saturday, then, what do you hope to see? Uh, a more physical basketball team, a more desperate basketball team, uh, our sense of urgency um, on the defensive side of the ball, getting loose balls, rebounds, things like that needs to be higher. Um, you know, Vasquez responded tonight with seven rebounds. I think it was there eight. Um, we, we need everybody to be focused on that side of the ball. Um, if we do that, then we'll, we'll be fine. And so we just got to be more consistent. Garden City Spotlight, Travis Takir, Montana head men's basketball coach here on Nuwana's Now. Garden City Spotlight, presented by the Montana Educators Credit Union. You don't have to be a teacher to be part of the MECU. Memberships open across the following counties, Missoula, Granite, Lake, Mineral, Ravalli, and Sanders counties. MECU, big enough to provide you with the same customers' products, consumer products, excuse me, as larger institutions, but small enough to know your specific needs. Montana Educators Credit Union is invested in our community, supporting projects across high school sports, particularly the Garden City Spotlight, Equal Housing Opportunity Lender, and NCUA Insured. Join MECU today. St. Thomas... Looks like an all-league player to me. Travis DeCure told me before we started the interview that he thought he was the best offensive player in the league. Big words when you're talking about a league that uh, also includes guys like Dylan Jones at Weber State, Auden Moody at Montana. But St. Thomas, he can score at all three levels. He's a six foot seven wing, former transfer from Loyola, Chicago. Uh, he's big. He's long. He's smooth. He can take it to the rim. He can... Kill you in the post. He can hit the mid-range. He can score off the dribble. He can shoot the three. He did all of it last night. 37 points and 14 rebounds. It was like sort of quietly one of the one of the uh, 
most I've seen anybody go off at, at uh, Dahlberg Arena as a visitor. Yeah, it's been a while to see that kind of outpour uh, of, of just points, but what I like is how he scored those points. You know, it's so like, it's, it's, yeah. it's so, and thank you. A lot of times we mistake flashy for efficient or we mistake boring for efficient. And last night, like the efficiency and the manner and how he scored and when, uh, and when he scored was huge. And I just, I, I think the development of his game is like, we're just, we're kind of starting to see some peaks of, of, of what is to come. But uh, I don't know this, the, the game, the game is, is it's like a, I'm trying to think about who he reminds me of body and style was, Man, and, I, yeah. and I just can't nail it yet, but there's something there that is extremely enjoyable. Andrew, who does he remind you of? I know you were very impressed with St. Thomas as well. Do you have a comp for this guy? I, I just couldn't tell you how impressed I was with him. I just thought he was such a smooth athlete. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. Body type, he reminds me a little bit of Khalid Thomas, who was at Portland State, mm. with, a, with a better jump shot. Uh... I'm not sure his game, he's such an efficient, as Rajim said, such an efficient scorer. I mean, Frank Agola and I were laughing on the sidelines. First three possessions of the game, he hits a turnaround jumper from the midrange. He makes a back cut for a layup, then he splashes a three. He scored at all three levels, and the game's not 90 seconds in. Right. And it's just like, oh, okay, not a lot of guys in the conference are going to be able to guard that. Travis just talked about it in that quote, right? Like, you can't put a big guy on him because he's going he's gonna to drive past him or he's stepping back for a three. Uh, but if you try to put a guard on him, he's going to take you in the post. I thought Northern Colorado did a really good job attacking mismatches last night, especially going into the post a couple times. Uh, it, it's, he's, a, he's, he's a tough cover, man. If you're the Grizz, I think you're really disappointed with blowing a 10-point lead at home in the last four minutes. I also would say, and again, I have not watched all the Big Sky teams extensively. I've watched Montana quite a bit. I've watched Montana State quite a bit. I've watched Eastern Washington and Weber a fair amount. I've watched Northern Colorado a little bit, and then a lot, obviously, as of last night. Northern Colorado is good. I, they're going to be one of the top four or five teams in the league. I mean, they, they've done a good job rebuilding their roster. but um, So maybe not the I don't know. On the one hand, you say maybe not the worst loss for the Grizz, but it's also like now you're one and two in conference, and you just lost a home game. And Northern Colorado is coming to Missoula and won five out of the last six times they've been here. So uh, let's hear from St. Thomas, the uh, the stud player uh, star of the night last night for the uh, Northern Colorado Bears. Here with St. Thomas at Dahlberg Arena, Northern Colorado storms back down ten points with four minutes to go and uh, forces overtime, and then pulls away for a 98-92 win. Take me down the stretch. I mean, that was a, that was quite a rally by you guys. Um, I mean, coming into this game, we always game plan this. We knew we was gonna come to Montana, a tough, tough environment, and we knew that we was gonna come through, come, come to Montana, have some adversity, and I mean, the adversity hit the last three minutes. We didn't think it was gonna come that late, but I feel like we just stayed poised, stayed into the game, and just kept believing, man. I just kept telling my team, believe, believe, and pulled it off in overtime, and we've been in that position before. You guys have. you played a bunch of close games so far this year. Did that help you tonight, you think? Oh, it helped us a bunch. I mean, in non-conference, I think we, we went to overtime twice, right. and then we went down to the wire at New Mexico State, too. So, I mean, and we, we played on the road a, a quite a bit this year. So, I mean, just staying, like I said, just staying poised and believing in one another and just, just trusting the process. And, I mean, my guys believe in me a lot, and I stepped up big tonight. Did, uh, did you know about the history recently here? We're in Colorado. That's five out of six in Missoula. Yes, we, we were talking about it, and he was like, he was like, we don't lose here, man. And I know we have a new team this year, so we got to keep that tradition going. And then we go to Montana State, another tough team, and we got to go 2-0 this trip. It seemed like first half you did whatever you wanted offensively. Then the first part of the second half, they were kind of denying you. Yeah. How'd you get kind of back on track? Because then you dominated down the stretch. Um, 
kind of just my work just says it all in my game, man. I, I work every day for this, so, I mean, they was denying me. I'm five, started doing He came in the game and got yeah. big-time minutes in the second half, and hats off to him. He started playing great defense on me. I missed probably like three in a row, and then just, like I said, I, b I believe in myself every day, and I work on those shots every day, so at some point, I knew it was going to start falling for me. Good luck at Bozeman on Saturday. Appreciate you, man. There you go, St. Thomas. Here on the one is now part of our Garden City Spotlight, probably presented by the Montana Educators Credit Union Plus Missoula Electric Co-op. More on the NFL coaching carousel. A couple of the biggest names in the sport. Moving on, who's going to be the next guy in the Seahawks? The Patriots got their next guy. Plus, there's a whole slate of NFL playoff games. That's all next. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio Missoula. There's a lot of of beef type rap songs out there, and a lot of some of them have gotten so much hype. You know, especially when like Tupac and Biggie were going back and forth. That one doesn't get as much. That is as bad as you can slay somebody. I'm going to save you the gory details. It's it's a parental advisory song from a parental advisory album. There's no doubt. But Ice Cube killing Jerry Heller and Eazy e in that track. That's, uh, that's when you knew, knew, knew that NWA was straight over. Growing up on the East Coast and hearing that, like oh my the gosh. next day, it, it was, I, I forget if it was like ninth or 10th grade, we were, dude, did you hear what Cube said? <laughs> like, no one's ever done anything like that. And then the moniker, the title of the track said it all. Like, like even if you didn't hear the song yeah, and you right. saw that's it was right. like someone's right. about to get roasted, son. It's called No Vaseline. We'll let you Ouch. guys connect the dots. That's as much as we can say without getting canceled on the... Uh, FCC Radio Airwaves here on Nuanas Now. Great job finding the uh, the clean version, guys. Uh, appreciate it. Digging deep like Indiana <laughs> Jones on that one. Uh, we had a a really great promotion all throughout the month of December through the early month, uh, the early part of January. A road to Frisco. And I gotta say thanks to those great sponsors mm -hmm. one last time. I know we've been sort of hanging on. You know, it's uh, we've been we've been forlorn about the the college football season being in the rear view, but we're trying to. Hang on just for one more show here, and then we'll be fully on into winter sports. But appreciate Town Pump. They sent us all over the state of Montana, all over the region. We drove to and from Moscow, Idaho several times. We drove to and from Ogden, Utah. Drove the Grand Canyon. Made a stop in St. George. More than 4,000 miles traveled, and then uh, they took our crew from Skyline Sports down to Frisco, Texas as well for the SCS National Championship game. So couldn't have done it without Town Pump. Appreciate them. They're Montana's best for more than six decades. Uh, so how about, the, uh, how about the day on Wednesday when you have arguably – the greatest modern coach of the gender of, of his generation, maybe one of the great, probably the, the, one of the greatest NFL coaches. Period. Bill Belichick, part ways with the yeah. New England Patriots. Nick Saban Save on the same day. The 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 greatest coach in, mo in the modern era in college football history. And then you got Pete Carroll, who's also a stalwart. Only Nick Saban and Bill Belichick could overshadow Pete Carroll, but he was like the distant third in the guys that were stepping away during that day. But that's a that's a crazy trio to all say. Well, I know that there was different circumstances. Seattle sort of forced Pete Carroll out. Saban straight up retired, and Belichick might coach somewhere else. That was sort of a mutual divorce. But either way, I mean, those are three 
pretty prestigious, prominent coaches walking away from the game. I'm sad. My, like, stock in Jared's Hall plummeted the, 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 on Wednesday. Like, those guys not being on the sideline is, is, is the youth change moment. Like, it was time. It for was sure. time. It was for time sure. for Pete Carroll. For sure. Well overdue. Uh, I think about a year and a half ago, you and I were talking about Belichick and we were talking about coach relatability, which we, we spoke about at the top of the program today. And he was another one where it's like it's it's past due. Um, Nick Saban. I'm, I was that that one actually hurts like that one is I watched this man come into prominence like For sure. my last 20 something years of my life. I've watched him just forever change the face of college football and etch his face into the Mount Rushmore of college football. And I just think what he has done for how long, the amount of dudes that are all Americans, the amount of dudes that are all pros in the league now, the amount of dudes that will be uh, eventual Hall of Famers, like his ability to mold and sustain a program, but then um, have that transfer over into the professional realm where these guys go on to do amazing and great things at the next level is just a testament to what he does just as a coach. So the other two I was ready to see uh, say goodbye like later. Uh, Saban is just to me, and I'm not a Bama fan at all. No, on I agree. any level, but I have such a great amount of respect for what he for what he has built uh, from the ground up. Well, that's the thing too is for him to have the foresight to to realize. I, I think first of all, I think there was a, a an element there where Nick Saban just didn't want to delve into what college football is becoming and has become. Agreed. He had his system. It was an absolute machine. There's never, there's never been a program. I'm not saying it's the greatest program in college football history, but there's never been a program that won on this high a level as Alabama did while still implementing a selfless attitude, while still also winning the recruiting battles across the board pretty much every single year and accentuating star power and putting guys in the NFL. There's never been a, a NFL factory that also won because of its unselfish nature like Nick Saban was able to sort of craft. And I, I think that he just doesn't... He, I, I, I have mad respect for him for what he accomplished, but I also have mad respect for him for walking away. He, didn't, he never let the game pass him by. He, I don't think he wanted to delve into the exhaustion that's what's going to come from learning this new way of doing things. And uh, he walks away as... I mean, he's peerless in his generation, and it's going to be fascinating to see how Kalen DeBoer from Washington does there, but uh, Nick Saban certainly uh, a goat among goats. As well as now ESPN Radio, we'll keep on hashing this out here in hour number two. The Silver Slipper, great place to watch the NFL. They got the playoffs on all weekend long. There's six games this weekend, two Saturday, three Sunday, and one on Monday. The Silver Slipper has 55 TVs for you to watch them all on. Whether it's the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, Silver Slipper will have it on for you. They got drink specials every day, 20 Kino machines, a liquor store, and pizza. There's nowhere else. You should be watching your favorite team. At the Slipper, it's all about great food, tasty drinks, and the urge to have a good time. Stop by today and see why the Slipper is one of Montana's best-kept secrets. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you. Carol and the Ticket Doesn't Know Sports, plus more NFL. That's next. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 